This week, the price of oil and the cost of gas at the pump are daily reminders of persistent inflation across the board, and consumers are seeing fuel surcharges on platforms like Uber and Instacart as e-commerce companies try to keep their economics in balance. The Russian economy is all but isolated, as most multinational companies have pulled out, hobbling domestic industries still dependent on foreign inputs. Russian auto manufacturers have ceased production, and the airline industry may stop flying soon for lack of spare parts. In this edition of Commerce Code, can big banks be agile? A conversation with Anoop Gala of Orion Innovation. Dan Carell here, and this is Commerce Code, brought to you by DCA, the Digital Commerce Alliance. Thanks for joining us for insights into the evolving world of digital commerce. This week, we're focusing on digital transformation in a conversation with Anoop Gala from Orion Innovation, a digital transformation and product development services firm. Orion and Anoop's team help banks, fintechs, and others with engineering and with design thinking approaches that incorporate technologies like AI and predictive analytics. Many of their customers are banks and other large institutions that might typically struggle with agility and transformation but also have those two things center of the plate right now as they look to succeed, remain profitable, and thrive in the coming decades. Anoop, thank you so much for joining us on Commerce Code. Where are you joining us from? Good morning, Dan. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. This morning, I'm joining uh, the podcast from Washington, D.C. Great. Well, thanks for being with us. And I want to dive in with you've had a long career history and a really interesting one working both with big banks and startups and fintechs. And so I just want to ask from the perspective of big banks, what do you think is the bigger driver for digital transformation at those big institutions? Would it be the pandemic and the need to serve customers digitally, maybe driven by that? Or is it just new competition from fintechs that constantly seem to be popping up? Before the pandemic, one could clearly see a lot of disruption, disintermediation that was happening in the marketplace. And one, it was being driven by the fintechs and incumbent financial services institutions, banks were facing a lot of competition from those. But it was also largely due to the changing demographics. A new set of social platforms were emerging. We clearly saw the sharing economy, the gig economy, and all this was impacting banks in multiple ways. But what has resulted out of this whole last couple of years is now default is digital. That has become the new requirement, whether you are on the consumer side, whether you are on the FI side, whether you are on the fintech side. And that's really become the biggest driver now for digital transformation. Financial institutions, fintechs, everyone had to pivot to starting to offer these new age products and services. Fintechs clearly were able to adopt to it much faster because they had very less baggage. They were able to pivot faster. They did not have the kind of legacy that incumbent financial services institutions have to deal with. Nevertheless, everyone is starting to think, how can I make my enterprise, my business more and more resilient? So cost and excellence was a theme. Product was a theme, but now even resilience has become an added theme to this process. You know, you say digital is the default now, and that's surely true within large banks, but digitizing processes isn't the same as it's just a step along the way to competing against fintechs. So what's your perspective on what tactics are the best banks using to compete against fintechs? The way we see this now from our lens is some of the larger banks are looking at digital transformation more holistically. 
clearly, I think the realization is there that A, it's not a one size fits all, but at the same time, you cannot approach this in silos. You have to rethink, reimagine, in many cases, relearn and re-architect those systems, those processes, and those applications. And you have to treat both your internal customers, your employees, and your customers in the same way as you are thinking through this transformation. That's been a big play that we are seeing how banks are approaching this. So some of the banks that we work with and what we see in terms of best practices are, while they are starting to modernize their legacy systems, they're also looking at this as saying, how can I now take this to the cloud? How can I start building a more integrated SaaS-based offering? What kind of capabilities will this need if I can perhaps create some kind of a plug-and-play model and integrate with some of the best-of-breed players and partners that are out there? And that's, a, that's, I would say, a big realization, both from the banking community and from the fintech community, that in some ways, we are not a threat to each other. And at the same time, banks also recognize that this shift that they want to do within their organization is also cultural. They need to create the operating model that can drive innovation, that can sustain innovation. And innovation can then become at the core as opposed to just being one strategic function. So obviously the context, we're in a nonstop stream of news about this, is constantly changing from a regulatory standpoint. Your business at Orion is global. You have visibility across just about every jurisdiction. So I'm curious, what aspects of financial regulation do you see happening in other parts of the world that you think will arrive in the U.S.? The way we see adoption of the technology is also a result of some of the regulation that is helping that adoption. To give you an example, you know, let's look at this whole view around ISO 2022. Almost 70 plus countries, they've all adopted this new highly structured data rich standard. And that's a big, big shift for each of these economies. The second big piece that we are seeing is this whole idea around what I was talking about at a federal level. A lot of economies have started building a robust infrastructure or a backbone to support real-time payments. TRP2P, Zelle, Venmo, all of that. And lastly, when you look at the pandemic, models like buy now, pay later, more and more people are starting to use this buy now, pay later models. But how do you enable it at the point of sale, if you're purchasing from Amazon, you don't have an ability to shift to a fintech that can do real-time credit scoring for you when you don't even have a credit card, especially in economies that are underserved where many people may not even have a bank account. So how do you kind of enable those business models? And we are starting to see that these two things are converging, regulation and the ability at the institutional level, at the federal level, to implement these kind of backbone infrastructures. And presumably to inject confidence into the market as to what direction things are going so people can make those investments in the infrastructure as well. Obviously, Orion is, is involved in many aspects of this, but perhaps the regulatory background facilitates, among other things, your ability to work with banks to make those investments, to try and compete, collaborate, and in some cases really move ahead of fintech. So I'm curious how Orion goes about helping banks and FS companies to use tech to compete and then you know, even exceed where fintechs are at now. 
one of our biggest goals is how can we continue to accelerate and create better digital outcomes for the financial services institutions. We continue to always think about it from the perspective of domain in the context of the country, the client in which marketplace we are serving them and thinking about what is the new solution that is going to enable that product or the service. So that's, that's one. We try to take this even at a higher level. We look at this in three different dimensions. One of the dimensions we think about is how are we approaching a new set of digital experiences? And now how do you use this information to design new forms of what we call human-centric experiences, which need to be simple, something that you and I can understand, can relate to. They have to be contextual, but yet be personal. The other big dimension is no longer you can create infrastructure, cloud, data, application in a siloed manner. While we have done projects, how can you now start thinking about products? And how can you think about a holistic, integrated way to approach and drive technology transformation? It's not just looking at it from the platform standpoint, not just from the data standpoint, from the application standpoint. All three have to come together. And that's really when you see a force multiplier of technology enabling this kind of transformation. The biggest thing that we see, which we often see as potential challenges or pitfalls in any kind of transformation is culture. So how are we helping banks, financial institutions, future-proof their work? How are we thinking about what's going to be the set of digital skills that will be required to manage, to support these kind of new age products and services that we are building? That's a great way of thinking about it. I like that you finished with culture, Anoop, because as it happens, I'm in New York City right now as we're recording this. You know, Historically, the cultural, spiritual, and otherwise center of finance, I think the fact that New York shares that with so many other places right now, you mentioned before of ISO standards coming in really from the outside and having an impact. All the other aspects of what's going on right now suggest that the culture is shifting, and that's an important thing for institutions to keep up with in order to be successful on a, on a global platform. So we're going to leave it there. This has been a great conversation, Anoop. And thank you so much for your insights and for the work that Orion is doing with institutions. We're grateful for the conversation. We look forward to talking to you again on Commerce Code. Thank you very much, Dan. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. And thank you once again for having us in Orion. Coming right up, can big banks be agile? Anoop and I talked about digital transformation, and in that context, we talked about agility. Can a big institution like a bank really be agile? I've been at small institutions my whole career, small at least compared to RBC or Morgan Stanley or Wells Fargo, and my whole career has been consulting with the executive teams of huge institutions like the ones I just named. So I've got a perspective on what it's like to be small and agile, and also on how it is that big institutions succeed with agility and how they fail. Here's one way of explaining my point of view. And of course, this is going to be a little oversimplified, as anything would have to be on a topic this big. When big institutions operate entirely by themselves, they are usually incapable of being flexible and agile. There are just too many conservative forces within the organization at all levels, protectors of status quos so minuscule that the executive team couldn't possibly know that they even existed. So if we're talking about whether big banks can be agile, at some level, the answer is easy. No. But large institutions are, in a sense, an optical illusion. 
I walked by the Barclays building there on Times Square the other day, the, the one that for most of my career I knew was Lehman. And you could point to it and say, hey, there's Barclays. I had a Barclays checking account for a couple of years in the early 1990s, so the brand is familiar, but that's a different story. Anyway, that building isn't Barclays, and all the Barclays buildings and people at Barclays aren't Barclays either. Large institutions, especially when they're healthy, are places where millions of contractual relationships intersect. They're meeting points for companies, people, patents, software, insights, processes, and money. When a big institution's leadership creates a setting that keeps those things in competitive balance, because those forces are always competing with each other, then conservative forces will be balanced and sometimes overcome by progressive forces. Natural entropy will give way to powerful new growth and so on. And the most powerful of generative forces come from outside the institution. New ideas, new technologies, new competitive effects. So, can big banks be agile? I already said the answer is no, if we think about the bank as an institution. But if we think of it as an ecosystem of many people and organizations, can that ecosystem be agile? Many ecosystems, and here I'm talking both real and figurative ecosystems, are highly adaptable and agile. So the goal is to keep the bank ecosystem open enough to have an agility advantage while preserving enough common culture and operational integrity to preserve an operational or an efficiency advantage. This has something to do with diversity, of course. Systems work better when you've got the right amount of different ideas and forces and, yes, people colliding and coming together. To return to me standing in front of the Barclays Bank building there in Midtown the other day, it's not an accident that among the great banking centers of the world, we have cities mostly that have been centers of free speech, meeting places of different cultures and ideas and different people. Amsterdam, London, of course, New York City. For the future, I think we can safely say Silicon Valley and its virtual hinterlands, which are infinitely diverse. In its early years, Singapore was a crossroads and a cacophony of cultures and remains so. In its early years, Shanghai and, of course, Hong Kong were like that too, although their futures remain uncertain. The point, though, is that agility and diversity go together, if you can get the mix just right. Whether we're talking about cultures or companies or nations, it's the influence of outside players and the presence of something like free trade and free speech and open ideas that makes for the most success. To find out more about the latest trends in digital commerce and digital advertising, check out our website, www.digcomall.org. For the Digital Commerce Alliance, take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless. This is Dan Carell, signing off.